Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Morning, City Life. It's afternoon and one minute from now. So good morning. Great to see everybody. You guys are beautiful. If I could have the Connect uh, giving team pass out the thank you cards. And we got a, one thank you card for each person here. It's blank. And we have pens. So if you have a pen. And what we're going to do at the close of service today is we're going to write a thank you card to somebody as we put in practice the message in, in a uh, just kind of a very simple way. And with Thanksgiving being Thursday... Thanksgiving can be a time uh, that's great, family, feast. Uh, other time it can be pain, holidays, it pulls it all on the, uh, you know, at the surface for all of us. And wherever we're at, we live in that, that tension as the body here. So I want to affirm wherever you're at, just like if you think of even as a nation, where some are celebrating, but the Native Americans, many mourn Thanksgiving. And how do we as followers of Jesus in the spirit of thanksgiving, do it in a healthy way, but that acknowledges all people. And so the exercise on the outside might look the same. We're still eating, we're hanging out, but hopefully on the inside, we're connected in an accurate way of how God sees thanksgiving, how, what it means to be thankful. So in the spirit of thanksgiving, I got a few comics here. You can see this first one. The turkey says, dude. I have a ton of online followers, and they all want to have me over for dinner. (laughs) Then Jack, is that you? (laughs) To the Grinch, we'd like to hire you to steal Thanksgiving. And lastly, the minions here. So thankful for Facebook. Otherwise, I would have to call 563 people every morning to let them know that I just ate. (laughs) No joke. Yesterday, we're at Starbucks. We're leaving. I look over, there's this girl in her car, she's got her drink, and she's got the selfie game happening. We're all guilty, we've done the selfie thing in some way, shape, or form, but she's going to post it on the gram, which is Instagram. And she's taking selfie one, that wasn't good enough. Selfie two, wasn't good enough. Selfie three, and finally I'm telling Crystal, I was like, Crystal, look, look. She goes, let her be, let her be. I'm like, no, this is, I like want to help her. I want to tell her this is crazy. And then, so I'm watching her. I'm thinking she's going to, she's so in the zone. She can't even tell. There's four eyes staring at her. No exaggeration. Selfie five, selfie six minimum. And then finally, I think she hit send to the gram. Selfie six was enough. And then it got posted. Right? So thank God for Facebook, because then we can post all of our meals of what is going to happen. As we've been in this series, we're, today we're ending thankful. Next week we're beginning a series on the one, the only, the name above all names, Jesus. So all of December, just Jesus in our face, his name, his qualities, and how he shows up on the scene But I pray today, and like any of our series, that this isn't something we just be like, okay, we've graduated from, put the book on the shelf. But that this is a series that is meant to be lived and experienced, to be thankful. We've talked about the practice of this exercise to wake up in the morning, write three things down yesterday we're thankful for, and three things down today, and then at the end of the night, three things from the day, and then three things for tomorrow. And this has been proven to make us happier. In fact, there's a slide here that shows some of the benefits of gratitude. I found online, not only is there emotional, there's social, there's career, there's health, 
and there's personality and ultimately people that practice an attitude and an exercise of being grateful or thankful are happier. And today is titled Thanksgiving. Not one word, but two. If we were to put our ear up to the chest of God, let's picture that for a moment. There's a psalm that says, I cling to you, but your right hand upholds me. And if we were to get so close, as he's clinging us, so we're clinging him, and we can just hear the BPMs, how many beats per minute, what's his pace, what's his tempo, what's he say, I think we would hear love, I think we would hear you, me, I think we'd hear joy, we'd hear thankful, mercy, patience, we'd get to all the fruit of the Spirit, and we'd be right there to hear what's on his heart. Because ultimately, he's the house we want to live in. And remember, we're a family. We're the house that he dwells in. And as we come into God through Jesus, we are enriched to be like him. And one of the qualities in the kingdom of heaven is to be very generous. And today is beyond just being generous with money, even though we're going to talk about that. Because I want to frame the heart for the house that we can give us information as a form of appreciation. But then to land and say, let's, let's put this into practice in a practical way that I might not be able to give much, but you know what I can give? I can give a thank you card to somebody and say, thank you. Main text will be out of 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 11 through 15. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way. As we start today, what that means is that each one of us have the ability, have the means from God that we've been enriched We have the richness of our Father that we can be generous like him in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God, meaning that there is an offering that's going to be taken and they are being generous in the whole heartbeat that Paul's talking about here is that it will produce gratitude to God. That the mission of even resourcing will be about gratitude, will be about people connecting For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but also overflowing in many thanksgiving to God. Where there's margin, where there's an abundance of resources, and when there's not greed, there is a spirit of liberty and freedom if it's really for the people. And there's this space for people to just breathe. Not only that people that actually have needs will be met, but that by needs being met, we would see that and say, wow, I thank you, God, that I get to be a part of such a movement that is resourcing what you care about most. Thanksgiving is all about two things, God and people. Now, Think about this for a minute. Entertain this. Is God arrogant? Why do we say that we need to glorify God? There's a famous 
quote by John Piper. It says, we are most satisfied when he is most glorified. Why? Why would we be most satisfied when he is most glorified? God, are you, is this all about you? What do you, what do you make, I thought you, I thought you cared about empowering us. Yes, but he made us and he recognizes that as we're connected to him, the best thing for us is him. And so we can't move on from that. It's always about God. It's always about his glory. And we start to kind of grab that because we, we're image bearers, but we get it twisted sometimes in the kingdom of darkness. Be like, oh, it's about me. It's not. I'm telling you, friends, like the lie for each one of us is that somehow it's about us. It's not about us. It's about God. And that's more felt than said. So we don't get up here and be like, it's just about God. But at the end of the day, we can see it in our lifestyle. Each one of us might do that differently. Some of us are struggling with that differently. But if we understand the freedom, the heartbeat of the Father as we're connected to him, about him, for him, through him, that as we're giving thanks, it's always for him and it's always for people. Like those two things, God and people, God and people. All right, love God, love people. You know, as our heart for the house offering, we've done this every year since the church has existed. And what's on the Father's heart for us here at this house and on our heart here? And the reason we're having it all the way through the end of December, so each one of us have the ability to not give under compulsion, but at 2 Corinthians Chapter 9, verse 7, that each one must give as he or she has decided in their heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And what that also means is that it's a hilarious giver. I mean, when the giving comes out, Kayla was leading us in giving, then we just start laughing. <laughs> We're about to give. Kevin Hart comes out, people start cheering. I mean, this is like when the giving team comes out, that's how hilarious the body of Christ should be. Why aren't we there? And here's why we're not there, and it's okay. Friends, friends, come here. We're not there because we've seen money abused. We've seen a lot of lies. We have some fair, <laughs> we have some fair critiques. We don't trust easily. You know, people talk to me about politics sometimes, and my take always makes both sides angry because I say, I say things like this. I, I, Romans 13 says we should pray for all those in authority. Come on. You know, pray for them. And I need to do a better job of that. I'm not always praying for our leaders. But at the same time, there's this other thing called propaganda. <laughs> and so when I hear about a leader, and if I haven't met them or seen them, and I, I don't have you know, good evidence, I always ask people, are you sure it's real? And look at me silly. What do you mean? I just don't know if it is real. What we see on TV, why would we instantly say it is real? And there's a healthy level of, I think, just, hey, slow down before we align ourselves with any political party or any person because Jesus invites us to actually critique and look around and he's patient. He comes up to doubting Thomas, doubting Thomas, and he says, come here, touch my hands. He's patient through our lack of trust, our hurts and our worries. But then at sometimes he says, hey, get out of the boat. It's me. Come on. And today, that's what I'm saying. Hey, get out of the boat. Let's dream again. Let's believe again. Let's believe that giving is living. It's beautiful. It's awesome. 
Our goal is $20,000 for the heart for the house in three areas, you know, the leaders here locally. And here's why the leaders locally. We want to send them on retreat. We want to empower them. But I want to show us out of Ephesians 4, this isn't our heart. This is God's heart. In verse 11 out of the message, it says, but that doesn't mean you should all look and speak and act the same. Out of this generosity of Christ, each of us is given his own gift. This text for this is, he climbed the high mountain, he captured the enemy and seized the booty, he handed it all out in gifts to the people. Is it not true that the one, Jesus, who climbed up also climbed down to the valley of earth? And the one who climbed down is the one who climbed back up, up to the highest heaven. He handed out gifts above and below, filled heaven with gifts, filled earth with his gifts. He handed out gifts, and this is known for, for people that have been around church for a little while. If you've ever heard this five-fold ministry of gifts, like, which one are you? And, and let me tell you, I don't believe that. Personally, you can believe that, and it doesn't make us right or wrong. We can disagree even in Christ, right? But here's why I don't agree that it's limited to that. Because different times in different churches, there's different gifts listed, and we don't always see that it's all five. What we do see is that God is always giving gifts to the church and the people and equipping accordingly to that particular setting as he sees fit so that every single one of us get a gift. Because what we start doing is we rank gifts. Oh, that's the, that's the apostle. No, no, the, we, the, these qualities are in this church and they're in some of the people here, but let's not, let's not get so caught up in whatever particular niche. We're supposed to run our own lane. But knowing that God is taking care of his church, he's taking care of our, the church by the leaders he's providing, all of us, that the leaders in this church, they're all about you. That healthy leaders, and I know, like, there's a lot of unhealthy leaders in the world, but healthy leaders, they lead so that they can empower you, and they can empower me. So we want our leaders to be healthy, because in this church, there's apostles, there's prophets, there's evangelists, and pastor teaching to train Christ's followers in skilled servant work, working within Christ's body, the church, until we're all moving, get this, rhythmatically. We're moving rhythmatically. Think of that for a second. Rhythm. Rhythm. Easily with each other, efficient and graceful in response to God's son, fully mature adults, fully developed within and without, fully alike, alive like Christ. No longer prolonged infancy among us, please. We'll not tolerate babes in the woods, small children who are easy marks for imposters. God wants us to grow up. <laughs> to know the whole truth and to tell it in love like Christ in everything. We take our lead from Christ, who is the source of everything we do. Good leaders are led by Christ. All leaders throughout this church, they're led by Christ. And good leaders want to see leaders raised up. So this is why Heart for the House, one of our areas, is leaders. Because we want to see that he keeps us in step with each other. His very breath and blood flow through us, nourishing us so that we will grow up healthy in God, robust in love. So in other words, we can't be walking around here with smelly diapers, even though we've been with Jesus for 20 years. Some of us, we reek so bad, we don't even know it. We've gotten comfortable in that thing. But as, 
our leaders are healthier. They're like, oh, let me help you change that diaper. And then what happens is we start changing other people's diapers. And then figuratively speaking, we're raising up babes in Christ, making them mature, rooted people so that they can reflect all God wants for us. God doesn't just save us for a moment. He wants to be in relationships so that we can become the best us. And the reason we give up on that sometimes, you guys, because the process is long, isn't it? It is long, isn't it? Anybody not there yet? Anybody discouraged by that? Stephen Furtick has a book called Unqualified, and he says that the reason we feel that, because we're always unqualified, and God gives us a glimpse of what we fully look like in him. It's in our spirit. Here's what it's like if I'm, if I'm hitting 100 on everything. But then God's grace shows up, and he walks with us from glory to glory, and we will never be that person until we meet him. But the beautiful thing is we can be on the wheel with the potter, molding us from glory to glory to glory. Hence, that's why we have leaders here, is to empower us. We want to see leaders empower us, too, locally in the heart for the house. We want to see a school in the city get a grant so that we can invest in the future. That their classroom, they can put in a request and say, mm, you know what, we're going to take some of that money and we're going to make their classrooms better because as we seek the welfare of the city, in the city's welfare we find our own. Last week we mentioned 80% of people come to Jesus before the age of 18, so we need to have a very strong portfolio on tomorrow's kids. And we can't do something everywhere, but we can do something somewhere. So in one particular school, we're going to do that. And then lastly... For the Heart for the House offering, we have a dream that locally will reflect the same thing we're doing globally, but not like here's our way, but that globally we find what they want to do, but we can invest with the intimacy and that depth that we have locally, also globally. For instance, if you're a missionary, and I was for years as a traveling missionary stateside, people would support us. You know how many people it takes to run a ministry at $25 a month? A lot. A lot. So if you need 25 grand a month, that's a lot of people at $25 a month. Or we had a dream where we could switch that and say, what would it look like if we sent some person, leader, team, city, 20000 a year, more, whatever, and particular, and go there and learn from them, and they can learn from us, and we start to build a relationship. So we've been putting money aside, not a lot yet, but we're dreaming towards what that'll look like to have a global mission strategy that we can do for one what we wish we could do for all. And right now, and so they were here, and that was beautiful. So that is us together to say we want to reach the ends of the earth, and our goal of 20,000 could happen with 100 people at 200. It could happen with 20 people at 1,000. It could be like four at 5,000. Let's blow through the roof as we thankfully give because it's all about God and people. So I took a long time to expound there because the heart for the house, look, it's not just those three tiers. Like, okay, let's give one, two, three, three-minute video. No, no, no. It's all about God and people, and we believe it's the play for today of what he wants to end this year strong. Uh, next thing I would say is Thanksgiving is so countercultural. Like, to give is countercultural, but to be thankful about it is countercultural. So countercultural. You know when someone gets you a gift, do you feel the pressure to get them a gift back? Does anyone feel pressure in the holiday season about gifts? Does anybody feel that? Dude, half this room is lying. Or you fell asleep. A lot of us feel pressure. Don't lie. Someone gets you a gift. Do I got to get them the same? Do I get them the same size? What do I? 
How much did they spend? I got to spend the same. We just exchanged $20 bills. You know, we show up on the scene. Here's your gift card, right? And, and it's because here's why. Because gift giving is tied to I love you. And it's our way in our culture to say, you know what? I love you. What would it look like to be gift givers with no strings attached that isn't tied to a holiday? And I'm thankful to just give you something. And that could be attention, affection, a thank you card, listening, right? So it goes way beyond the holiday season in that we're not feeling pressure. We're feeling pleasure or passion. Michael Jr., he's a cool comedy dude, Christian guy. And there's a two-minute clip he has on giving here that, that is really good. Check it out. So my comedy, I always sit back and I pay close attention to people. Uh, one of the things that changed for me in comedy is when a comedian normally gets on stage, he wants to get laughs from people. But I felt like instead of trying to get laughs from people, I should give people an opportunity to laugh. But when I give, not just laughter, when I give anything, I try to give on purpose, meaning I try to never give out of compulsion or emotion. And when I talk about giving, I'm not talking about the tithe. That's not giving, that's called not stealing. I ain't talking about that. <laughs> so when I talk about giving, I'm talking about never really giving out of compulsion. I try to hear God's voice when I, when I give. I try to be obedient, and I'm really good at receiving too. Just wanna throw that out there. Like, I try to have a balance. It's very, very important that you have a balance. So this is what this looks like for me. I was at a Starbucks, right? And the car in front of me paid for my Starbucks coffee. That was awesome. So you know what I did? I did a little prayer. I ain't hear anything. Pulled off with some free Starbucks. <laughs> for real. Two weeks later, I'm at the same Starbucks. The car in front of me pays for my coffee. I was like, wow, that is awesome. Dude, the drive-thru was like, you don't understand. You're the 23rd car in a row. I was like, wow, for real? Pull it off with some free Starbucks. <laughs> now here's the thing. I know some of you guys are thinking I'm being insensitive. I like to beg to differ. Is it possible that the only person who really gave was the person in the front? Is it also possible that everyone else just had a hard time receiving? I didn't have a hard time receiving. <laughs> Pull it off with some free Starbucks. <laughs> and anytime you truly give, there's always a sacrifice. In fact, I would... I would probably argue that the sacrifice is the majority of the gift, especially with regards to John 3.16. So when you give, it's really about the sacrifice. So if you're going to buy a coffee, now suddenly you have this money that you wouldn't have before, and you buy someone else a coffee, there's really no sacrifice. But even if there is, obedience is better than sacrifice. He's got gems in there. Being a comedian, but he can make it happen. You know, we do during Love the City Week, pay it forward at Dollar Trees and different places in the city. If you want to feel that you're amazing, go on that and watch the response of people as you pay, as they're checking out. And what you realize is, is you're not even giving, you're receiving. Because we think we're giving, oh, we're here to give. No, we're, we're getting the miracle of what we get to share in how God operates, share in how he thinks, share in the presence and nature of the kingdom in that moment. And that's not the type of giving we're talking about with this lifestyle, to be thankful, to have thanksgiving. Talking about that type of giving that you can't always see. In Matthew 6, my favorite chapter in all of the Bible, we've referenced this over the last four years in so many different ways. But one of the things is when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. 
So in other words, I don't need to go around and say, hey, look, there's times when we tell what we've given and there's specific seasons for that and, and moments and a reason, but we're not carrying this banner of, look at me, I'm generous. In fact, it's the opposite. In secret is where our best generosity is probably displayed. But let's not use this as an excuse to be like, well, I'm not going to, I've heard this one before. Well, that's why I don't put my name on the offering so that I can give in secret. I'd be like, okay, cool, but giving, I like having to be able to see my giving for multiple reasons. One, as an indicator to see if my giving is in line with how much I worship God. So it's an indicator, not the indicator, but it shows my dashboard of where I'm at in life. Am I praying? Am I reading? How's my money? How's my, and all those type of things. And look, maybe you've never been in that journey where you're actually giving an account uh, through your accounting purposes. And then, honest, we also can report that in the state as charitable giving if we can file long form or we can do that and we, uh, our deductibles exceed you know, the standard deduction, then we can get It's okay to have an accounting system. That's my point. And I would say that that's actually healthy as a disciple. If we got no giving record and we can't show that pattern, then there's probably, I mean, if we chase that, there's probably some type of money issue. And that, look, I get it. A lot of us, we've been jacked up because the world wants us to die in debt. It's distorted. I mean, when we had Financial Peace University here, we had 40 people in the class. Eight weeks, they paid off $62,000 in debt. Eight weeks. Just from now being reprogrammed in a different way to say, you know what? I want my money to be directed for what I care about, God and people, so I want to change the game because otherwise, you know what? Guess who's going to get that 62000 Not God or people. You know, the collection people, anyone ever? Come on, you ever been late on a bill? Am I the only one? You ever been in collections for something? Do, do they make you feel like a giant or a, a, a loser? Oh, you feel like a loser, right? But yet the very thing that they baited us in with, it's like when you go to check out at the grocery store, there's everything bad for you. Go to a party liquor store. It's like the whole place is just meant to prey on our weakness. They're like, well, everyone has choices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When the only store next to you is a party store. We don't got choices. Liquor, uh, taquitos. Like, no wonder us all my kids want to eat. It's all we can see at the checkout aisle. The, the National Enquirer. This is horrible. It's ridiculous. There should be a righteous anger in all of us when we're checking out. Lies, Babylon, pagans. You know, you're just saying that. I... It's like, this is crazy. This is crazy. Thanksgiving is connected to worth and first. Worth and first. Dollar bill. Anyone here want a dollar bill? You want a dollar bill? Got got you right there. There you go. All righty. Got a $50 bill. Anyone want a $50 bill? (laughs) Oh, a lot, a lot more people want a $50 bill, huh? Yeah? Right there in the red hoodie. Stevie, can you run this back there? Hey, our response changed, didn't it? <laughs> Who wants a dollar? Who wants a 50? Come on, yo! I'll take that 50. What we value, what we esteem, what we deem as worthy changes our response. Is God worthy 
to change our response today in first, meaning in a priority scale that God would be first as we think of giving with our words, with our time, with our treasure and everything that we would want to give to him first. And priority means that prior to the moment, I'm going to make a decision. So today in this place, for the paycheck or next dollar you're going to get or whatever it is, to make a decision, money, you're not going to rule me. I'm going to rule you because God made me a ruler and I'm so sick of you ruling me. This is where sin started. Friends, we want to know where sin started. God told us to be on mission, dunk from the free throw line all the time. Shoot threes in the corner. He's with us. Hey, we get to do this thing together. By the way, rule over all of this creation. But then we start to listen to creation. Let the things grab our affection and our attention. And then the serpent starts to entice Eve. And the apple looks great. And then next thing you know, Adam. And God's like, what happened? You know what happened? We weren't doing our job description. And If you come from any type of the come up, it's hard to rule over money because we know what the come up feels like and we need money just to eat sometimes, right? But we as children of God are not called to be ruled by money, ruled by call Sam, you know, any agency, any bridge cart, you name it. There's nothing wrong with having that, but we rule over it for the glory of God and for the connection of God and people. So that's why I want to encourage us today to be thankful in an attitude of giving uh, to God's worth and first. And thankfulness leads to action. We get in the game. Colossians 2, 6, and 7 shows us what this action looks like out of the message. It says, my counsel for you is simple and straightforward. Just go ahead with what you've been given You received Christ Jesus, the master, now live in him. We received who? Jesus. So if we've received Jesus, we got better than a paycheck. You've heard me say this many times if you've been at City Life. We are the richest people on planet Earth. What do you mean by that, Pastor? My bank account is red right now. Yeah, but Jesus is over the universe. And if he lives in us, We might be poor today, but we're rich in our spirit forever. That's why you can be rich and righteous or rich and wicked, and you could be poor and righteous, and you can be poor and wicked because it's not about our earthly position. It's about our eternal kingdom position. And when we're hidden in Jesus, we share as heirs in all that he has. And one day he will reveal. This is trust. This is hard. But that's the whole point is it is faith. We're not there yet, but don't give up. Don't give up. You're deeply rooted in him. You're well constructed upon him. You know your way around the faith. Now do what you've been taught. School's out. Quit studying the subject and start living it. And let your living spill over into thanksgiving. We're going to live it. And we're going to write a thank you card to somebody just because we're going to say thank you. I love you. Thanksgiving is a heart that is all about the love of God through Jesus. If I can get the worship team up here. As we end with this heart, let's go back to that thought. We've we're, got our ear to, to God the Father's heart, and we're hearing how he thinks. And how he thinks is he cares about what's his. And the only way he could restore what's his and buy back 
what the devil stole in a payment that would last forever. Friends, Jesus hasn't come back yet because he wants more people to come home. We learn that Jesus is not back yet because he wants more people to come to repentance that he is Lord. Because when he comes back, it's final, final, forever. So we get to be a part of the good news, and this is John 3, 16. Look no further than our deposition or our cornerstone or foundation of why we should be generous, our dad is. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. God didn't hold on to what was most precious to him. He let go. I don't know what we need to let go of today to like truly let go. It's no longer mine. I'm gonna let go of that hurt and I'm gonna say thank you for something I learned from somebody I haven't liked for a long time. I've been so controlled by money, I'm gonna, you know what? This next month I'm gonna pray how I can go big with the heart for the house. I haven't given enough honor to the friends around me. I want to honor them better with my words. I haven't given enough thanks to God with my life. I've been spending it for the enemy, but God saved me. And today's a day where it's like, no more. Today, new day. There's a Sunday school joke. So the teacher's uh, teaching a room full of 10 students. And she asks, does everyone here if you could give a million dollars to missionaries, would you? The class is like, yeah. She goes, oh, how about 100,000? Yeah. How about 1,000? Yeah. How about 100 bucks? Yeah. And then it got to a dollar. How about a dollar? Yeah. Other than Johnny. Johnny was in the corner. Johnny was mad. She comes up to him. Why did you get mad when I talked about the dollar? Johnny's holding on to his dollar. He says, because I have a dollar. The point is, it's one thing in theory to talk about giving. Give a million, yeah! Give a hundred thousand, yeah! Give a thousand. And finally, when it gets to something we have, it's like, no, not, not this God. But wait, thank God he isn't like that. We got to change our perspective. As we enter the kingdom, we want to be just like him. Do we save? Yes. Do we work? Yes. Do we invest? Yes. Are we generous first? Absolutely. Absolutely. We were talking to one of our children this morning. I asked, do you want to give more this holiday season or get more? Which one's better? I want to give more. Okay, cool. So we can give away some of our stuff? Yes. But my stuffed animals. Can't give away my stuffed animals because we love them. And I thought, oh, that's us this morning. That's for church. We would love to be generous, but there's something that we just can't give. And I want to invite us to be into the thanksgiving to let go and let God show up and show off. To encourage us in faith in a heroic way. 
to give thanks today in all areas of our life. As we worship, we're gonna take a moment, we're gonna write a thank you card to somebody. It doesn't have to be here. It could be somebody in your life. You can mail it to them. We didn't give you envelopes, but you can figure that out later. You can hand it to somebody. But let's take a moment. Let's write a thank you card. And let's just go back to what it's all about. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And let's worship and just go right back there. And here's, here's why I want to invite us. I think there's some blockage in our blood flow, in our body today, that stops us from being thankful. There's some hurts, worries, confusion, abuse. There's money mismanagement. You know what it feels like to just not have anything and that today there's something stopping the flow of what God wants. And I would invite you when you worship, just let that go and watch what God does in a fresh new way as we leave this place the most thankful we've ever, ever been. What do you say? Cool? Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelancing.com. You belong here.